Happy Thursday to you. It's the Y'all Show. It's not Happy Thanksgiving. We're a week away from that. But we are going to talk turkey with you here and a whole lot more good stuff here on this almost end of the week edition as we are having a great time getting you ready for the holiday season. On today's Y'all Show, we're going to talk about Wednesday night's Democratic debate held in Atlanta at Tyler Perry's brand new studio outside of downtown Atlanta. And we've got some audio coming from a couple of ladies that are in the running for the Democratic nomination. As we'll hear from Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar, they had a little debate between them within the debate. Also, the kind of heated exchange between Tulsa Gabbard of Hawaii and Kamala Harris of California. As we'll have four of the ten candidates on stage Wednesday night at the 5th Democratic debate held again in Atlanta. And hey, if you're like me and like, how many of these darn things are, are they going to have? And, and where all are they going to be? Well, we have the answer to that that we'll share with you in just a second here on the Y'all Show. We've got other headlines coming your way. And then later this hour, we will go back to Nashville for a great interview with a newcomer, Meg Riley. She's, she, bless her heart, Meg Riley is a New Jersey girl, but she got to the South as fast as she could. And we're going to have a great conversation with Meg Riley, learn more about her music and her fear of insects. All that here in this first hour of y'all. Hey, if you're a Jersey girl, you might not want to come South if you're scared of bugs because we got some whoppers down here in Dixie. All that later this hour. In hour two, we've got, courtesy of y'all.com, the Y'all Southerner's Guide to the Holidays. You're not going to believe some of the great information at y'all.com, and this helpful guide will get you through the Yuletide, and we'll tell you some of the highlights of that at the start of hour two. And then it's our SEC Spotlight in hour two, and we'll hear from a couple of head coaches of the SEC as they get their teams ready for week 13. We'll go to College Station and get some audio from Jimbo Fisher of the Texas A&M Aggies. A&M is going between the hedges for the first time since the early 1950s. This is the first SEC game between Texas A&M and the Georgia Bulldogs. And we'll talk about that matchup with Jimbo Fisher. Get his thoughts. And then the Tennessee Vols have been doing pretty good lately. And the Vols hope to get bowl eligible. And they'll be traveling to Columbia, Missouri for a game against the Mizzou Tigers. And Jeremy Pruitt, the head man in Knoxville, he was talking in front of the podium this week, and we've got some Pruitt audio to share with you as part of our SEC Spotlight, and then we're going to get you through the weekend's games. There's some real bad games on the schedule this weekend. This is what we call the Cupcake Weekend. Lots of teams playing FCS opponents. Several teams don't even have a game this weekend. As Rivalry Weekend, which traditionally is around this 13th weekend of the season, well, we had two open dates on the each team schedule this year and as a result of that the actual end of the season the last week of regular season is next weekend just after turkey day and so next weekend is rivalry weekend in college football and so we'll we will walk through the games going on the big ones would be texas a&m georgia missouri tennessee but there's a host of other sec teams playing fcs foes like the western carolina catamounts going into tuscaloosa to take on the crimson tide of alabama and we will share more about that in our sec spotlight so stick around for the fun here on this thursday y'all show with your host john rawl our website is yall.com 
You also can call anytime at 24-7. The 24-7 number to call is 803-816-1170. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Y'all Show. And you always can find us on a couple of those free streaming apps, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and the TuneIn Radio app. And we are put up at the y'all.com website homepage. Scroll on down through the great stories there and toward the bottom of the y'all.com homepage you will see the y'all show and you can click on the latest episode right there and listen all you want we appreciate you tuning in y'all talk with a southern accent well as mentioned on wednesday night in atlanta 10 democratic presidential candidates took the stage for the fifth debate in the 2020 election and we're going to let you hear from a couple of the candidates in a second and what they said on the stage there now i was going through reading some analysis from various pundits who cover politics and if you want to know the question, who won the Atlanta debate? Okay, well, according to CNN, here are the winners and here are the losers. Winners, Amy Klobuchar, Andrew Yang, Kamala Harris, and Pete Buttigieg. The losers, Joe Biden and Tom Steyer. Now, I have no idea the analysis that went into these winners and losers from cnn you go somewhere else and you'll probably get a totally different reaction now who was up on stage in atlanta you did have vice president biden as well as senators cory booker and you also had pete Buttigieg, the mayor former mayor of south i think he's out of office now i know he wasn't running again and they just had an election he's if he's not done in south bend he's getting close pete Buttigieg, he was up on stage Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard up on stage, Senator Kamala Harris of California, Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, Senator Bernie Sanders, the billionaire Tom Steyer, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and then Andrew Yang. Those were the 10 on stage as they were debating various topics in the ATL on Wednesday night. Now, one of the interesting exchanges from the evening was between Elizabeth Warren, who has been one of the front runners, and Amy Klobuchar, her fellow senator. And we're going to hear some audio from these two. We've got another pair of women we'll hear from momentarily, but these two senators were discussing the impeachment inquiry hearings and let's hear what warren and klobuchar had to say about that in front of the live audience how did ambassador sutherland get there you know this is not a man who had any qualifications except one he wrote a check for a million dollars and that tells us about what's happening in washington the corruption how money buys its way into washington you know i raised this months ago about the whole notion that donors think they're going to get ambassadorships on the other side and i've taken a pledge anyone who wants to give me a big donation don't ask to be an ambassador because i'm not going to have that happen i asked everyone who's running for president to join me in that And not a single person has so far. I hope what we saw today during the testimony means lots of people will sign on and say we are not going to give away the ambassador posts to the highest bidder. Senator Warren, thank you. Senator Klobuchar, you've said that you support the impeachment inquiry, but you want to wait for a Senate trial to hear the evidence and make a decision about convicting the president. After the bombshell testimony of Ambassador Sondland today, has that view changed for you? 
I have made it very clear that this is impeachable conduct, and I've called for an impeachment proceeding. I just believe our job as jurors is to look at each count and make a decision. But let me make very clear uh, that what this impeachment proceeding about is really our democracy at stake. Uh, this is a president that not only with regard to his conduct uh, with uh, Ukraine, uh, but every step of the way puts his own private interests his own partisan interests, his own political interests in front of our country's interest. And this is wrong. This is a pattern with this man, and it goes to everything from how he has betrayed our farmers and our workers uh, to what he has done with foreign affairs, leaving the Kurds for slaughter, um, <clears throat> sucking up to Vladimir Putin every minute of the day. That is what this guy does. And I think it is very, very important that we have a president that's going to put our country first. I was thinking about this uh, when I was at the Carter Presidential Museum, and on the wall are etched the words of Walter Mondale when he looked back at their four years, not perfect, and he said this, we told the truth, we obeyed the law, we kept the peace. We told the truth, we obeyed the law, we kept the peace. That is the minimum that we should expect in a president of the United States. Senators Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar at Wednesday's debate in Atlanta. It was the fifth Democratic debate, and there they were talking about the impeachment inquiry hearings. Well, that debate wasn't quite as heated as the next clip we're going to let you hear from Wednesday's Democratic debate. Senator Kamala Harris and Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, they kind of got into an exchange during the Democratic debate. And let's go in and hear this. As we already told you, CNN says that Kamala had one of the best nights up on stage in Atlanta. And here, perhaps, is the clip that may give the CNN experts the justification for saying she had a good night. And here is that exchange that Harris had with Tulsi Gabbard. I think that um, it's unfortunate that we have someone on the stage who is attempting to be the Democratic nominee for president of the United States, who during the Obama administration spent four years full time on Fox News criticizing President Obama, who has spent full time, who has spent full time criticizing people on this stage as affiliated with the Democratic Party. When Donald Trump was elected, not even sworn in buddied up to Steve Bannon to get a meeting with Donald Trump in the Trump Tower, fails to call a war criminal by what he is as a war criminal, and then spends full time during the course of this campaign, again, criticizing the Democratic Party. What we need on the stage on, in November is someone who has the ability to win. And by that, we need someone on that stage who has the ability to go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump and someone who has the ability to rebuild the Obama coalition and bring the party and the nation together. I believe I am that candidate. Thank you, Senator. Um, Congresswoman Gabbard, I'll give you a chance to respond. What Senator Harris is doing is unfortunately continuing to traffic in lies and smears and innuendos because she cannot challenge the substance of the argument that I'm making, the leadership and the change that I'm seeking to bring in our foreign policy, which only makes me guess that she will, as president, continue the status quo, continue the Bush-Clinton-Trump foreign policy of regime change wars, which is, is deeply destructive. This is personal to me because I served 
in Iraq. I left my seat in the state legislature in Hawaii, volunteered to deploy to Iraq, where I served in a medical unit where every single day I saw the terribly high human cost of war. I take very seriously the responsibility that the president has to serve as commander-in-chief, to lead our armed forces, and to make sure always, no, I'm not going to put party interests first. I will put the Thank interests you. of the American Thank you, people Congresswoman. above I wanna, all I wanna... From Wednesday night's Democratic debate at the Tyler Perry Studios just south of downtown Atlanta, that was the senator from California, Kamala Harris, and the congresswoman from Hawaii, and that would be Tulsi Gabbard, as they had a little bit of a uh, the, the hair on the back of the neck raised during that exchange there. We thought you would enjoy hearing that here on this, the Thursday Y'all Show. Well, that was the fifth Democratic debate. Remember, they got started back in June in Miami, and they've been having a few ever since. Well, on Wednesday, that was the fifth debate. They've got a couple of more scheduled. In fact, they're going to have, I think, 12 total debates before they wrap up in April, heading toward Iowa and then heading on to New Hampshire and the Carolinas and more with all of these early states in the primary process. Where is the next Democratic debate? Well, it's going to be in L.A. at Loyola Marymount uh, in just to the west of the I think it's to the west of LAX at the Gersten Pavilion there at LMU. And this debate will be held just before Christmas on December 19th and will be televised on PBS. That is the sixth Democratic debate. And then they won't be doing it throughout the Yuletide. They'll be, I guess, December 19th might be considered the 12 days of Christmas. But but after the new year, it'll be sometime in January. That date's still not officially locked down of when they'll have their next debate. But they're going to have 12 in all. And as we said on Wednesday, they had 10 candidates up on stage. And you'll see those numbers perhaps shrink going forward and then you've got people who are kind of entering the race here toward the end that are hoping to get their face time perhaps into january now to give you an idea of some of the candidates who were not invited up on stage on wednesday night in atlanta candidates that are still in the race you had julian castro who's really the only southerner in the race the the former cabinet member in the Obama administration who is from the San Antonio area. Also, John Delaney, not invited up to the stage. Also, Marianna Williamson. Remember, she got a lot of attention early on. She was not invited. And that's there's a couple of other names. I wanted to remind you who all is out of the race. Who all's gone from the Democratic contenders? And there's a whole list of them. I know there's probably 15 still going. But there's been about 10 who've dropped out. And a friendly reminder of the 10 Democrats who've bitten the dust. Beto O'Rourke, Robert O'Rourke, he's out. Tim Ryan gone. Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York, he's gone. The senator from New York, Kirsten Gellibrand. So you probably already forgot some of these people. Mike Gravel, I never heard of this guy, but he was race in the race and he's gone. Former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, he's out. Jay Inslee, gone. Seth Moulton, gone. Eric Swalwell, the congressman from California, he's gone. And then Richard Hojeda, I think was the guy from West Virginia and the first to get out. Yes, a former West Virginia state senator, really a nobody, but he, I think, was the very first person to announce he was running for president on the Democratic side, and he did that like in 2017, but there's been a lot who've bitten the dust and more to come as the Democrats try to 
try to get in position to defeat donald trump assuming he is going to be on the ballot in 2020 assuming he survives the impeachment hearings and a vote on his future if and when that were to come speaking of donald j trump the first couple trump and his wife melania are now officially registered to vote in the south as they have registered to vote in florida after they registered, they made their Mar-a-Lago, their residence there, their primary residence. And now President Trump announced that he would make Florida his primary residence instead of New York's Trump Tower ahead of the 2020 election. And he will be holding a campaign rally in South Florida on the 26th of November. The rally will double as a voter registration drive. But Florida, you got a new resident, President Donald Trump. And President Trump, hopefully one day you'll be building your presidential library somewhere in the Mar-a-Lago area because I don't think you want to put it in New York, even though that's the town that made you famous. I just think your library would be better off by the beach. That's my personal opinion. But Florida, you got a new Republican there in the state, in a state that has people moving in all the time and retirees moving in at all the time. And Trump in his 70s, nowhere close to retiring, though, to his benefit. Hopefully, if you're not a septuagenarian, you want to you may not like Donald Trump, but you can't deny the guy has chutzpah and he's got i guess some good genetics because he is always on the go he might be a little on the crazy side at times but hey there's a lot of people in their 70s that don't have anywhere near the this the kind of energy he's high energy i guess that's what i'm trying to say all right we have more headlines from the south that we're going to get to and we will do that let's put the political talk on hold and we'll tell you unfortunately after the break about a narcotics investigator who was killed in the line of duty in the augusta georgia area this week we'll have info on that and more headlines from across the south and a reminder later in the hour we're going to be joined by meg riley a country music singer songwriter and we're going to catch up with her in nashville and we'll have that as the y'all show carries on Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babble.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Back 
back into the headlines of the Southeast on today's Y'all Show and some sad news from the world of law enforcement as Richmond County, Georgia narcotics investigator Cecil Ridley was killed in the line of duty this week as he was killed Tuesday evening after being shot by a suspect in Augusta. And this happened right at the South Carolina border, according to the Richmond County, Georgia Sheriff's Office. He had been with the agency a long time, and both he and the suspect were taken to a hospital where ultimately investigator Cecil Ridley succumbed, succumbed to his wounds. The suspect condition not known. Investigation ongoing there in Richmond County, Georgia, which is where Augusta, Georgia is located. But our thoughts go out to investigator Ridley and his family in this time of loss there in Georgia. More stories coming in from the South here on the Y'all Show. A former LSU student is getting five years in jail in a pledges hazing death as this decision came down Wednesday where this former student, Matthew Naquin, an ex-Phi Delta Theta member, he was sentenced to a 1,000 hours of community service and must pay a $1,000 fine, but also sentenced to five years in prison. But a judge suspended all but two and a half years of the term in the 2017 alcohol-related hazing death of 18-year-old fraternity pledge Max Groover, who I think was from the Atlanta area, if my memory is correct on that. But just days after Nequin was found guilty, two other former LSU students and an ex-Phi Delta Theta member, they pleaded no contest to misdemeanor hazing and testified at Nequin's trial, and they were sentenced to 30 days in jail. Yes, Groover of Roswell, Georgia, had been at LSU a month when he died of alcohol poisoning in what authorities have described as a hazing ritual at the Phi Delta Theta fraternity house. Groover and other pledges were told to chug 190-proof liquor the night of September 13, 2017. If they incorrectly answered questions about the fraternity or were unable to recite the Greek alphabet and Groover died the following morning, his blood alcohol level was 0.495, which is more than six times the legal limit to drive in the state of Louisiana. But unfortunately, he died and This youngster there, LSU student, former student there, with five years in prison in this pledge's hazing death from two years ago. In Tennessee, a burglary suspect has been injured after falling through the attic trying to hide from officers. Yeah, you don't want to do that. This happened in Nashville. This alleged burglar who police said was trying to hide from the officers inside a home in the Nashville area fell through the ceiling and was taken into custody right after that happened. As burglar Justin Mangrum's flight up the attic of a Took Road home to hide from the police didn't turn out well that was tweeted by the way from metro police on wednesday and sure enough you see the photo and you actually see him with the thing around his neck as he must have really got hurt falling falling out of the ceiling in the nashville area had to go to the hospital as he fell through the kitchen through the ceiling to the kitchen floor as officers surrounded the house on wednesday the owner who was at work at the time called police after his camera system alerted him about an intruder and the homeowner's electronics and jewelry which mangrum had gathered never left the house that's why these darn systems that people put in like ring and this other gadget stuff it must work pretty good mangrum's going to be charged with aggravated burglary when he gets out of the hospital and he should be getting out anytime charged with this burglary 
and the homeowner's electronics and jewelry never left the house. That's the the moral of the story. But yeah, going through the attic and then falling, never a good thing. A 71-year-old woman in Tennessee is accused of stabbing her husband and being cheerful and unfazed, according to investigators, as 71-year-old Pecola Duncan, yeah, according to the Anderson County Sheriff's Office, was cheerful and unfazed in, in an unfazed mood when authorities found her after the stabbing of 66-year-old Harold Duncan. And this elderly woman is just napping in a recliner, evidently. And Duncan reportedly told authorities she stabbed her husband because he attacked her and dragged her down a hallway. And deputies noted they saw no sign of a fight in the home and did not see any scratches or bruises that would support the claim of Pecola Duncan. And she's in a lot of trouble there in Anderson County, Tennessee. And being detained without bond for alleged attempted murder is Pecola Duncan. But yeah, accused of stabbing the husband and then being happy about it, evidently, according to authorities, this 71-year-old in Anderson County, Tennessee. In North Carolina, more Confederate craziness to report. And sadly, on Wednesday, a statue that stood for more than 100 years at the courthouse of Chatham County, and that's about 30 miles southwest of Chapel Hill, sort of smack dab in the middle of North Carolina. Not a big town there at all in Chatham County, but this statue has been removed as a crowd gathered in the early morning hours to see crews dismantle this 27-foot high statue, and it was taken away, and I don't know where it's going. And taking down Confederate statues in North Carolina is rare since the state enacted a law back in 2015 that restricts the removal of public monuments. But somehow, some way, this monument has been moved, and we've seen this happen in other North Carolina towns and also at the University of North Carolina's campus with the removal of Silent Sam, which, by the way, where is Silent Sam? They say they're going to put it on display, but it's, I think, in a warehouse somewhere, as most of these statues have been hidden in some warehouse, not to be seen again. And here's another case of this. By the way, North Carolina... This statue represents the Confederate dead of that county. North Carolina's nickname, Tar Heels, is a result of the Confederate soldiers from North Carolina who stood in battle like they had tar on their heels and wouldn't budge in the face of gunfire. Also, North Carolina gave more lives to the Confederate cause and had more soldiers for the Confederate cause than any state in the South. Just wanted to share that with you as they take these statues down in North Carolina. Just saying. All right, more stories coming in from, from this case, South Carolina. And I've been seeing this headline pop up a few days and didn't know exactly how to report this. But in South Carolina, there have been attacks for the last couple of weeks on horses. And they've actually killed several horses. And investigators are really puzzled by what's going on and investigators are probing at least five incidents that occurred over the last couple of weeks after several horses found with bloody cuts and slashes in both greenville and spartanburg counties and several of the horses have died while others suffered serious injuries in these mysterious and violent attacks that investigators say they don't know who or what is responsible 
it appears it must be a human being doing this of course south carolina just like most of our southern states is inundated with coyotes and other wildlife that shouldn't be in this area frankly but yes we're seeing these attacks on horses for goodness sakes in south carolina well let's hope we find out what the world's going on in the upstate here in this case but we've seen too many horses die of these senseless attacks a man in florida had meth wedged deep within his belly button according to cops as 41 year old martin skelly from st petersburg taken into custody after investigators caught him with a 20 gauge needle at a mcdonald's in clearwater and took him in on methamphetamine possession and before he was transported for booking authorities asked skelly if he had any other contraband in his possession warning that he could face additional charges if anything illegal happened to be discovered while he was in jail and according to the arrest affidavit he did not have any, anything else but during intake at the pinellas county jerry jail the deputy there discovered a small bag of crystal powder substance wedged deep within his belly button cavity he must have one heck of a belly button by the way skelly is 380 pounds and is five foot nine and he reportedly told an officer after the drugs were found that he was just being dumb and not thinking you think mr skelly oh what an ignoramus and what a big belly button he must have there in that part of florida hey if you want to go to the college football title game in a couple of weeks well actually it'll be early january january 13th to be specific when this is played in new orleans at mercedes-benz superdome if you want to go there there's going to be an a-list array of singers for that big celebration of college football's national championship Louisiana's own Lauren Daigle will be performing there. Tim McGraw will be performing, as well as Megan Trainer and a bunch of others. They're going to be performing in the Waldenburg Park area, and that's also going to serve as ESPN's broadcast headquarters during the college football championship. And there will be more names added to this celebration of college football in New Orleans, the Big Easy, the home of this year's national championship game, January 13th. And as we just said, several big names from the Pelican State will be part of the celebration. And boy, I'd love to see Lauren Daigle. She's one heck of a singer. And she is from the Lafayette area, I think. I think that's where she's from in Louisiana. She's from Cajun country. That I know. That I know for sure. And that is a quick look at your headlines here on today's y'all show when we come back after the break speaking of great singers we're going to go to nashville and be joined by meg riley and she's got a lot of great music and we'll get just a little sample of some of her great music when we come back after the break as this jersey girl's found her way to nashville and she's singing and writing great songs and we'll share her story and her fear of bugs after the break Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do 
You have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Started off making me feel second best Like I was some kind of foolish mess Years you tried to forget Tried to burn it out like a cigarette I know he meant something and I meant something Please don't pretend cause in the end If this hit you like it hit me You can't sleep without the TV You post pictures just so I'll see that you're fine on your own This video like it hit me You're out The song from Meg Riley. This is the Y'all Show. On Music Row, I'm John Rawl as we continue to cover all things music and more. And we've got a very special treat here on the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. We have Meg Riley joining us here as she is doing her part to get out here and be seen and heard and get that lucky break that every singer-songwriter looks for. And we are hoping that maybe the Y'all Show will be just that, an opportunity for Meg Riley to get that lucky ear to hear her and say, hey, we need to sign that girl. Hey, welcome into the Y'all Show, Meg. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I got to point out if people just heard you talk there, like, that girl doesn't sound like she's from the South. You are not wrong. (laughs) I grew up in northern New Jersey, actually. (laughs) But you've been in the South in Nashville for many years. Yeah, about four and a half years now. (laughs) And what led you here? Uh, Music. I mean, I've been visiting since I was probably a sophomore in high school and then came here for college and stayed. She's what we call a damn Yankee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Coming here and staying, but that's okay. As long as you're making good music, when you start making bad music, you're going to have to go back. 
Oh, for sure. sure. (laughs) All right. Well, this is the song Up and Smoke that we just played. And we're going to hear another song called Long Time Coming when we wrap up this interview with Meg Riley. By the way, you can find out more from Meg. Her name is spelled M-E-G-R-I-L-L-E-Y. And you can go to the website MegRiley.com and learn more about this Jersey girl. You also can go to Twitter and Instagram at Meg Riley, M-E-G-R-I-L-L-E-Y and learn a lot more from her now you came to nashville and you studied at belmont university and you graduated and from what i understand i saw the transcripts i think you did pretty good um yeah i actually graduated magna cum laude i uh graduated with a communication studies degree with a minor in music business so so right now you're trying to pursue the singer songwriting route here in music city but I'm sure you have backup plans in mind in case this doesn't work out, which I know it will. But just in case, what what would you be doing if not for music? Well, uh, my my day job to, you know, pay the bills uh, for three days a week. I do e-commerce marketing, actually, and I've done a lot of digital marketing internships and things of that nature. So probably something in marketing. All right. E-commerce marketing. What does that really mean? Um, a lot of social media, a lot of emails, a lot of analytics. You know, it's a good time. <laughs> Now, you're working for an e-commerce company, I assume. Um, no, I'm actually working for a book publishing company oh. in for one of their e-commerce sites. Okay. Now, for a lot of our audience who may not be below 50 years old, they don't know what the heck this Instagram is and that maybe they don't even know what Twitter is. Can you kind of clarify the differences and, and is one kind of usurping the other for activity these days? For sure. I think Instagram is pretty much running the game right now. Um, Twitter is kind of slowly i think working its way a little bit further down i use instagram the most um i'm pretty sure most of my artist friends use instagram the most um probably followed up with facebook actually yeah and again with instagram you have to put a picture when you put something out there yeah it's all pictures with captions (laughs) okay and it's effective you have this e-commerce for the industry that you're in and you see effects and results immediately Um, Yeah, I would say so. I think a lot of people find brands and things of that nature through Instagram, same way that I find other songwriters and musicians. (laughs) All right. Now, how are you using this e-commerce technology with Instagram, Twitter, with your music career? I mean, it's a lot of the same concepts, a lot of, you know, figuring out what your brand is, sticking with it, being consistent, um, really working into the algorithms of the social media to make sure that your posts are seen. And that's pretty much it. Did you hear that magna cum laude speaking there <laughs> from Meg Riley? She's our special guest as Meg is joining us here on Music Row in Nashville as we continue here on the Y'all Show to kind of spotlight all the great talent here, not just your big A-listers, the people that win the awards. We have so many people come to Nashville and do so many things from singing to songwriting to a little combination of both. And that's what this Sussex County, New Jersey native Meg Riley has done here in Nashville. And it, you said you came to Nashville first, to, I guess, to, well, you came here to go to Belmont, but you actually started coming here as a high school student. Yes, I started coming here when I was a sophomore in high school to visit. Um, It's where I met my consultant, and I just kind of really dived into the music, started doing writer's rounds all the time, and stuck with it. Yeah, so you liked it enough, you you kept coming, and I'm sure everybody back in Sussex County was like, Meg, would you just go to Nashville? We're tired of hearing about this place. Oh, probably, probably. I know that I would come here and do all this stuff, go home, tell everybody about it, and they were wondering why I ever came back. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, of course, where you're from, a lot of people may not know where Sussex County is. It is a country place. Yeah, I grew up in pretty much a four square mile town. We had one high school for the five surrounding towns, and it was even then pretty small. Um, so I grew up next to a horse farm. Yeah. Are there rednecks there? Oh, we're all rednecks. There. <laughs> pretty much. We all got a little bit of, of red showing somewhere. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm glad to know that about Jersey. Well, again, you're you're calling yourself a singer-songwriter, which the singing part we can get. The songwriting a little bit more complicated. So when did you first start writing songs? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I'm pretty sure I wrote my first song when I was nine, nine or ten. Um, it was a church song that I sang in my church. Um, and then from there, I just kept going. I did my first co-write when I was a, my first visit here when I was a sophomore. Um, How did that happen? That's a fantastic question. Um, I had a couple meetings and then I met my consultant and she just kind of hooked me up with another writer and said, hop in this room and write a song. And I went, okay. Because <laughs> that was probably before things like Instagram. So to be able to kind of routinely or randomly meet up with someone who wants to sit down for however long you it takes for you to write a good song. And you didn't have it probably mapped out in your schedule when you first came down here. No, I just kind of ju- jumped in a room and said, sure, let's try this. <laughs> well, you know, that happens more often than a lot of people think. The The chemistry behind songwriting isn't exactly an exact chemistry. It just kind of spontaneously happens. And that's why the music business is so cool, because you just never know. And there's no formula. We're talking with Meg Riley here on the Y'all Show, broadcasting on Music Row. And speaking of songwriting, the song that we heard coming into this was a song you actually co-wrote, Up and Smoke. Tell me about who you wrote that with and what was the inspiration behind it. Yeah, so I wrote Up and Smoke with my great friend, one of my best friends in town, um, Courtney Bach. She's an amazing writer. And um, we've written a lot. We've known each other for a long time, a lot of years. So she actually just came over. We had mapped out the whole day to just kind of hang out, see if we could write some songs. We wrote two songs that day. And Up and Smoke was the second one. And we were just kind of sitting there. And I had this idea in my head of something about, like, smoke. And she was throwing out smoke signal. And we were just kind of throwing around different hooks with smoke in them. Um, And we landed on Up and Smoke. And we just really wanted the verses to really speak to it and then come in with a killer chorus and... She's a great writer, and I think we feed well off of each other. We always have. So, How long did that take to write? Not too long. I think it took a couple hours. We wrote the first one pretty quick, and then we took a couple hours. Hi- a smoke break. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Up and Smoke, that's that one. And now there's another song that we're going to hear in a few minutes here as we wrap up with you with Meg Riley here on Music Row. Long time coming, and this is one you actually pinned all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I wrote Long Time Coming. That one actually only took me about five or ten minutes. I listened to a whole heck of a lot of Patsy Cline (laughs) Um, and then came up with the chords and I was actually leaving to go to a writer's round to play and I needed to leave so I just packed up my guitar. I knew I really liked this chord progression so I recorded it and I listened to it in my phone on the way to the writer's round, put lyrics to it, got up there, sang it, butchered it because I had just written it but you know, it's gotten better since then. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, I, we're looking forward to hearing that in just a minute here as we wrap up with Meg Riley here on Nashville's Music Row. Reminder, MegRiley.com is the website, M-E-G-R-I-L-L-E-Y. So what's it like to have a name called Meg Riley, but it's not spelled like most people would think? How many times do you have to correct that? Yeah, most of the time. Um, can confirm 99% of the time it's not spelled right, um, which is fine. I'm cool with it because it gives me something to 
to play into. <laughs> but yes, it is a double L. And I tell people all the time when I'm like playing a show that if they want to find me on social media, they might as well type in me grilly because it looks more like me grilly than it does Meg Riley. <laughs> hey, what whatever it takes for people to find you. And we want people to say, who in the double L is that we're hearing <laughs> on the radio right now? It's Meg Riley. And she, one of the things I got to know about you as we get ready to wrap up with you here is that, yes, you've got a great singing future ahead of you. But this this girl here, she might be a magna cum laude graduate. But I guess you didn't have to study insects at Belmont University. <laughs> I don't do bugs. I do not like bugs. They are for sure my biggest fear. My dad always makes fun of me. He'll tell me, you can get into a field and dress a deer, but you can't throw out a bug. And I can't. I'll cover a dead bug with a cup and make somebody else take it out. I can't deal with them. <laughs> well, you, the one thing I found out about you is your temperature you prefer is around 60. <laughs> Not particularly. I mean, I'm a very cold person, but I'm just so afraid of bugs that I keep my house very cold, around 60, 61 degrees to keep them away. <laughs> And who told you that works? I think it was a combination of people. Probably a combination of my mom and just, I don't know, facts about bugs. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disputing it. I just have never heard it because I guess I'm like most people. I don't like bugs, but I'm not paranoid of bugs like you are, it appears. Oh, yeah. No, I am. I I'm hoping that they'll choose like my neighbors or something whose house is probably toasty and much, much better habitat yeah. well uh, how are you with other insects or not insects but other varmin like a eh, mouse and um, a rat if you got one of those or is that better for you i mean still gonna give me the heebie-jeebies but probably still better than a bug i just don't like them can't handle them well, i can't handle the mice and the rats because <laughs> the the bugs i know i can easily run over there and squash with my foot you can't do that with a mouse or so fast you're not wrong. You're not wrong there, but right. I've never had to encounter the problem. So one thing that I got introduced to just a few years ago for the first time, and I don't know how I escaped all these years without these things around me, the wonderful stink bugs. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. We actually get those a lot up in New Jersey where I grew up, but there's a lot of them down here. My goodness, they're everywhere. <laughs> well, I'd never seen one ever until about three years ago. And those things are so crazy because they sound like a wasp coming at you. They scare you and you think, oh, my God, I'm going to have to go to the hospital because this thing's going to bite me. And they sound so ferocious. Then they land and they just sit there. Oh, yeah. they And they're creepy looking, too. Like, they just kind of sit there and stare at you. I was at one point, I was putting my guitar away for something. And the woman I was with was like, don't freak out but look to your left, which is never something you want to hear. But I looked to my left and there was one just sitting on my shoulder staring at me. And of course I freaked out, but as she told me not to, but well, they don't move. You could freak out and it probably was still on you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like jumped up and like tried to swat it and it just sat there. They don't even care. Well, we're hoping that things get better for you on the bug factor. And we're certainly hoping that things get a lot better for Meg Riley here. You're just getting started. We're excited for you. And again, she's got these songs out that you can go to Meg Riley, M-E-G-R-I-L-L-E-Y.com is the website. Also, Meg Riley on Twitter and Instagram. And you can hear great songs like Up in Smoke and the one that we're going to wrap up our interview with, Long Time Coming. And we're excited about all of this long time coming you the song that you wrote by yourself what was the inspiration behind that one i mean listening to a lot of patsy klein yeah okay and patsy klein was there something specific with patsy not really i just really wanted to write something a little more 
schmoozy, for lack of a better word. <laughs> okay. Well, Patsy Klein never goes out of style, and we hope that you never go out of style. As this recent graduate of Belmont University from right here on Music Row in Nashville, wish you all the success, and thank you for stopping by the Y'all Show today. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. All right, and long time coming. We'll take us out to break. Thanks for listening to the Y'all Show this hour. We'll be right back with more. So symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. Another hour of the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent is upon us. Hey, want to thank again Meg Riley for being our special guest there at the end of hour one. And go check out this talented Southerner by the grace of God's talent. And we again thank Meg for coming on 
the Y'all Show. Here in this second hour of today's Y'all Show, we're going to get it going with holiday information that you need to know. And later in the hour, it'll be our SEC Spotlight. We'll hear actually hear from a couple of the coaches of the SEC, one from the East, one from the West. From the Wild West, we'll hear some thoughts from Jimbo Fisher as his Aggies of Texas A&M get ready for the long trip to Athens as they'll go into Athens and Sanford Stadium for the first time since 1954. And this is the first Georgia-Texas A&M game with both of these schools being members of the Southeastern Conference. That is coming up. Plus, the Tennessee Vols have their bags packed, and they're heading to Como, Columbia, Missouri. And the Tigers and the Vols have, I guess you would say, an important game because both teams need this victory if they're going to go bowling this year. And we'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt, whose Vols are on a little bit of a hot streak here of late. And we'll hear from the Vols coach this week at his press conference talking about this matchup with Barry Odom's Missouri Tigers. And then we'll walk through this 13th weekend of college football. A lot of the SEC teams are taking a breather this weekend, literally and figuratively. Literally, because some of the teams aren't even playing. Florida, South Carolina, I don't think the Mississippi Land Sharks are playing this weekend. I don't, well, yeah, that's all, I think that's all in the West. But a lot of teams are taking the week off figuratively, and that is because they're playing some cases teams you've never heard of like mississippi state is playing abilene christian now abilene christian we know you got a couple of fans listening no disrespect but for (laughs) generations abilene christian didn't even have a football team at least a scholarship football team now they're members of the southland conference and they're trying to do good there in abilene texas it's it's a good school but I won't say it's a great football school quite yet. It was, I think, a long, 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 long time ago. But other teams have FCS members. Sanford is going to be playing at Auburn. Western Carolina will be in Tuscaloosa. And there's a couple other teams like UT Martin has a date with the Kentucky Wildcats this weekend. We'll walk through the whole schedule, let you know what's going on. Week 13 SEC we will also look at the standings as part of our SEC Spotlight. 803-816-1170 is our number that you can call at your leisure. You can call us in the middle of an SEC football game if you'd like and say, John Rawl, you old y'all host, you were absolutely wrong or you were absolutely right about what was going on in the South. We welcome that. Our number is 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com. And on Facebook, like us and share it with all your friends and family and even your enemies. Y'all.com on Facebook. We are y'all. Okay, well, speaking of y'all, y'all, we go to y'all.com for some great content here to start the second hour of the Thursday show. And we're just days away from thanksgiving we're just a couple of days away from christmas and i bet some of you already have your christmas stockings up and if you don't you know where they are and you can't wait to get them up it's always usually most of you uh, probably a good tradition that sometime on the thanksgiving day or that weekend you break out the christmas stuff and you get your house decorated for christmas isn't that a heartwarming tradition that most southerners that are christians at least usually do at some point and don't you just love the smell of that christmas stuff that you've been storing under the the stairs for the last year it just has that 
I guess throwback smell and it's that plastic it's the the plastic Christmas tree if you know what I'm talking about some of you go out to get the real Christmas trees that's cool we like our farmers in the south that grow our nice Fraser firs and have you a great Christmas tree ready for the holiday that's that's great but if you have to break out the other Christmas paraphernalia then this is coming up a great time to do it and, and get your little kitties or grandkitties to help you and enjoy this year more than maybe ever before. Well, thanks to y'all.com, we have a couple of good holiday related things to get off our chest here before we hit the week of Thanksgiving. And one is a story that's up on y'all called the Santa Claus capital of Texas. And have you ever heard of Columbus, Texas? Columbus, if you had to draw a line between Houston, San Antonio, it would be a triangle, I guess. Houston, San Antonio, and then go up to Austin. You draw a triangle, triangle, and the midpoint of those three towns is about where Columbus, Texas is. It's on Interstate 10, only about an hour west of downtown Houston. Well, if you are passing through in the next couple of days columbus texas you can go to two santa claus museums and 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 one of them is in texas i i should say there's two in the country but one of these is the mary elizabeth hopkins santa claus museum in columbus and it's open to the public every thursday friday and saturday throughout the whole month of december so don't go until december which will be here before you know it the admission there in columbus at the santa claus museum is absolutely free now mary elizabeth yoens hopkins who was born in 1913 was given her first santa claus when she was just six months old and over the course of her lifetime her collection that she had grew to more than 2,500 Santa figurines, Santa Claus music boxes, dolls, dishes, ornaments, and photos. And she got it from all over the world. And one of the favorites she purchased at the Smithsonian in Washington was one of the most unusual Santas in her collection. It's a doll with a red, red and one red and one green eye. And the newest pieces there at the Santa Claus Museum in Columbus, Texas, are Lennox Santas that her family had commissioned specifically for her. And some of the finest Santa Clauses in the collection are the Duncan Royal Santas from around the world. So in Columbus, Texas, you can get in the spirit of Christmas, but you have to wait till December. Now, Miss Hopkins died in 1990, and upon her death, her family donated the entire collection to the Columbus Historical Preservation Trust, who've maintained the collection to this day. Recently, two more family collections have been donated to the museum, and an additional display room has just been opened. That brings the Santa Claus collection there in Columbus, Texas, to over 3,500 pieces you can go to the website's uh, museum website santamuseum.org and by the way after december tours of the museum must be arranged by appointment in advance but in december it's open for the public free of charge in fact they're giving out a free museum souvenir to every visitor while supplies last you, you think that's a santa claus figurine or some kind of santa claus something that they're handing out there at this museum in columbus texas well we sure hope so but that is in columbus texas by the way i don't know where the other santa claus museum is located in our country but it can't be hard to find in fact if i had to take a guess it might just be in santa claus indiana 
that is a town that's named Santa Claus. I said it. I don't know of any other area in the south called Santa Claus, but they got one there in the town in is in Indiana. In fact, a former guy, former Vanderbilt Commodore turned NFL quarterback Jay Cutler is from Santa Claus, Indiana. And all this comes to us courtesy of y'all.com. Well, if you go read that story, the Santa Claus capital of Texas at y'all.com, you'll see at the bottom of the article a really neat link. And that's what I'm going to talk about now with you here on the Y'all Show. It's the official Y'all Southerner's Guide to the Holidays. And Clark Shelton at Y'all has worked his fanny off coming up with this guide. And in honor of Clark, we're going to promote what he's done and and say boy and merry christmas to you clark editor at y'all.com and this guide has so much information it's really a gift it's the perfect christmas gift and thanksgiving gift just go to y'all.com it's free of charge and and learn about the south and our guide to the holidays at y'all.com and so from the y'all family to yours We hope you enjoy and have a safe and happy holiday season, and we can help you have all that happen for you with the information with the Y'all Guide, okay? And one of the things there is the holiday recipes, and if you go to y'all.com and this guide to the holidays includes a recipe for easy tomato basil cheddar cornbread, (laughs) a recipe that is delish. Now, you'll need a cast iron skillet, but... It's the best way to do cornbread in a cast iron skillet, and you can make up this easy tomato basil cheddar cornbread just in time for Turkey Day. Another great recipe that you'll find there at the Ultimate Guide to the South and the Holidays for Dixie is a recipe for easy, ultimate, gluten-free sausage balls. Yes, everybody in the South loves sausage balls. Now, your your indigestion system may not like them you might be burping like i do when i have sausage ball but boy they're great just load me up with some alka-seltzer and i guess i'll be all right the rest of the day but yeah you can go get this recipe for these gluten-free sausage balls see it's healthy we got healthy food coming to you at y'all.com and and yeah you can go get that right now as part of the y'all southerners guide to the holidays another delicious recipe from this guide that you can share with all your buddies all your gal pals easy egg biscuit and sausage gravy breakfast casserole it's the let me say that again an easy egg biscuit and sausage gravy breakfast casserole and the recipe for that is right there waiting on you at y'all.com and and then they've got other really neat recipes 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 yeah it's all right there at the y'all guy how about this recipe perfect for perhaps thanksgiving butternut squash pancakes <laughs> you like your southern comfort food in the south well how about waking up to not just your ordinary aunt jemima pancake i, I think she makes pancake mix uh how about butternut squash pancakes that would be good smother that with some butter and some syrup and you'll be in the fall mode ready for thanksgiving and one other recipe i want to share with you courtesy of y'all.com and this one is i didn't i don't know why i didn't think of this myself it's a recipe for crock pot dressing 
Yeah. As you want to, I mean, you got to have dressing when it comes to Thanksgiving and you need to have dressing around Christmas, uh, Christmas time too. Why not have it in a crock pot? And I'm sure you've had somebody in your family, a grandmother or a, a mentor like I had my second mama, Hazel. I called her HP. She wanted me to have a crock pot when I moved off to Nashville as a youngster and was living by myself in an apartment. John, you need to get yourself a crock pot. Okay, I'll get one. Well, guess what? I ultimately did. And she shared with me just how cool crock pot cooking was and how easy it is to use a crock pot. It's not that hard. And if, if you're a working person, then they're really a great thing to have. You can stick all your stuff in the crock pot, go to work and come home to some delicious food. And you also don't have to make comfort food in a crock pot. I know I used to do spaghetti. The the meat sauce was done in a crock pot while I was working hard during the day. And you'd come home and your house smelled like delicious spaghetti. And it was it was a great thing to come home to. I, I need to get me a crock pot now. I don't currently own one, sadly. Uh, yeah, that's what I need to put down for a Christmas wish list. Yeah, a crock pot, a good crock pot, too. So we've got plenty of recipes for you to go and find at y'all.com and this great guide available for the holidays. But there's other stuff on there, too. For example, some questions about turkeys as part of the guide to the south and the holidays and how about this thing that you can click on and learn how big of a bird do i need and other turkey questions so let's say you're got a small family is one turkey a butterball gonna do you or do you need to have two or maybe you can choose a big bird and 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 then i'm not talking about the sesame street character here you you can get that one and and maybe one that's not quite so big when you're at the grocery store so i'm going to share with you a little bit of this because when you go shopping for your turkey there's some things that you're going to need for example one pound per adult per the agricultural department is what the general rule of thumb is so figure two little ones not teenagers equals one adult and if you like lots of leftovers go a pound and a half per adult when you're picking out your bird so according to most chefs a 22 pound turkey will yield about 12 pounds of meat or about 22 servings so that 22 pound turkey that you find at wally world is going to give you about 22 servings so i guess that equals about each pound of meat equals a serving is that right? 22 pound, 22 pound turkey. Yeah. Turkeys are pretty heavy now that I think about it. They're, they're not, they're not lightweight birds. They, they got, they pack a punch. So should you buy your turkey now? If you think you should wait till the day before Thanksgiving, the question is, if it's a frozen turkey, yeah, go ahead and buy it because it really won't make a difference. If you're going with a fresh farm turkey, you can refrigerate that bird for about two days max. And by theory, frozen turkeys have a shelf life of about a year. So if somebody gave you a bird before last Thanksgiving and you haven't cooked it yet, you might not want to cook it this year. You might want to yeah, don't throw that in the dumpster. Uh, find some other creative way to get rid of it. Don't give it to the wildlife either. But if you have a turkey, let's say somebody gave you something for Christmas, well, that's not quite a year. So, yeah, that one should be still good to go 
if you have had it frozen this entire time and you haven't had a problem like i experienced on wednesday get this i'm sitting here at my compound and the power goes off for no reason whatsoever it was a perfectly sunny day and i was getting ready to have a great day i was ready actually to go jump in the shower and the lights go off and they stayed off for over four hours and i still don't know why and i'd love to know why but is that good for my bird if i had a bird in the freezer and i didn't have electricity for four hours and no backup is that going to dramatically affect the way that bird's going to taste i don't know if you if you know anything about electricity and keeping your food fresh hit us up here at the y'all show let us know 803-816-1170 is our number would love to know that question because i've had meat just like you have spoil on me way too much lately and maybe it's because my power went out and i didn't know it or maybe something's wrong with my refrigerator i don't know remember i did not do this i only found out about it from one of my many exes but my ex told me once one of my exes that as kids (laughs) i guess in the south and the norman rockwell era and i'm talking about before cell phones every kid that grew up prior to cell phones they really had to find ways to get creative and have fun and this ex of mine told me that they used to call up people and prank call them and say is your refrigerator running and then they'd hang up and they just laughed their fanny off because they thought that was so funny i know as a sophomore thing i did as a youngster is i'd call people up and ask dumb questions and disguise my voice but and i'd just randomly pick them out of the telephone book which we don't even have those per se anymore and whatever i asked them it wasn't about what was the refrigerator running but it was it had to be a dumb thing i probably asked for somebody ridiculous i know i used to call up a pizza joint near me and tell them to have the pizza ready and my name was david justice former atlanta braves slugger and i actually used to do that with the lady i just mentioned miss hazel who was my second mother she loved the atlanta braves and when david justice was having a great rookie season i just wanted to know if she remembered his name so i I would call up the pizza joint and tell him i was david justice and i'd pick it up in 20 minutes and then she ultimately called on and laughed her took us off at me being a silly bird all right how long does it take to thaw a thanksgiving turkey if you've got one in the fridge well don't unwrap it and you have to figure 24 hours for every five pounds so a 10 pound turkey will take you two days a 22 pound turkey that's going to take four to four and a half days if you thaw it out in your fridge taking it from the freezer and putting it in the refrigerator it's a couple of days so we were just telling you if you've got a pretty big family and you want to have a bunch of servings you need to get one of those 22 pound turkeys well four and a half days of thawing in the fridge means come sunday come monday you better stick that thing in the fridge and don't forget because you're going to be behind schedule for getting your turkey thawed for thanksgiving 2019 and that is just a little bit of the information that you can find at y'all.com with the helpful guide we've got questions about should i brine what about the cooking method whether you should roast it fry it or smoke your turkey and that's just one of many 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 things that we have right up now at y'all.com as part of this guide 
to the holidays where you can get recipes and all kinds of tips again clark shelton went way over the the line of duty he deserves a medal for what he did in creating the y'all southerners guide to the holidays and it's up right now and there's a whole lot more stuff that i didn't even get close to telling you about that you can find and we'll have to get clark shelton back on the editor of y'all and further explain this guide and how it will make your holidays as i posted on facebook on wednesday i had to share the link to this guide to all my buddies i i just told them this will help make your 2019 thanksgiving and christmas so much more enjoyable and it will also save you time the y'all southerners guide to the holidays thank you clark shelton thank you y'all.com for this christmas gift come early well we've got another gift coming early your way after the timeout, we're going to switch over to the southeastern conference we've got our sec spotlight and we're going to hear from a couple of coaches jimbo fisher and jeremy pruitt as both of these coaches get ready for road trips as fisher's aggies go to georgia to take on the dogs and pruitt's tennessee volunteers go to columbia to take on the missouri tigers we've got that other news from the sec a quick look at the standings and we'll walk through this cupcake weekend of college football lineup that there's at least one or two decent games in the sec but most of the teams not too big of a challenge this weekend we've got it all coming your way as the y'all show continues asthma symptoms can attack anywhere like on a city street Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50. Them Georgia Bulldogs had a big win in week 12 on the plains of Auburn. And as a result of that, they're, they're in the elite club. And we'll talk about that elite club as part of our SEC spotlight. Hello. Welcome back to the show. I'm John Rawl on this Thursday as we have what we call cupcake weekend headed your way this weekend. Most of the teams either are not playing or they're taking a real breather and facing inferior competition on the gridiron this weekend we'll walk through all of the games of the sec in the next segment and we'll also share with you the latest standings we know that there's going to be a representative from the east call the georgia bulldogs that will be playing in atlanta but who's going to be that west team that they'll face off against 
Well, we'll share some insight on that coming up in the next segment as part of our SEC Spotlight. But that great little club that the Georgia Dogs find themselves in is the top four of the college football playoff rankings. And sure enough, the Dogs are at number four. Number one is the LSU Tigers. The Tigers at 10-0. and Ohio State is 10-0, and and they're number two in the latest CFP rankings unveiled earlier in the week. The Clemson Tigers are at three, thanks to that Alabama injury and the loss to LSU. Clemson has moved up a little bit to get in the elite conversation. And then Georgia, after a big win on the Plains, they're at four and they are looking good as they wrap up their season this weekend. Texas A&M is between the hedges. Georgia Tech comes in next week, and then Georgia is going to be playing in the SEC championship game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in a couple of weeks. But Kirby Smart's team doing quite well, and they're coasting, getting ready for that championship game. But still got a little bit of a challenge ahead, especially this weekend with Jimbo Fisher's crew coming into town. Other teams in the SEC, Alabama is at five in the CFP rankings. Then you have way down in this, Florida is at 11. Florida did not move up or down in the latest rankings this week as they are sitting there waiting for a couple of teams above them, mainly Minnesota, Penn State, and others to lose a couple more games. You might see UF go on up in the in the CFP standings. Auburn's dropped a couple down to number 15 after their loss to Georgia at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And that is the only SEC representatives in the latest CFP rankings. But it's not bad when you got LSU and Georgia representing the SEC in that group of four at the top and Alabama nipping on everybody's heels. Something tells me that Alabama is going to back their way into the college football playoff. Somebody's going to lose. Somebody like Clemson, I don't think Clemson's going to lose, but I think Ohio State may get tripped up. Ohio State's got Penn State this weekend, and you might see the Nittany Lions spring the upset there at the horseshoe you might see georgia lose convincingly to lsu let's say those are the teams in the sec championship and if georgia gets the you know what beat out of them i could see alabama moving up to their spot i don't think lsu if they keep winning in the regular season and they lose that sec championship i I think they're going to be in the football playoff regardless i don't see them going out of the fourth spot beyond that and so the sec should have if if it every everything goes as expected here, wrapping up this season, they should have two representatives in the college football playoff. And a lot of people say that first pairing, the first round, is going to have two SEC teams playing each other. And then you'll have, for example, Ohio State, Clemson going against each other. That's just what most are saying and predicting at this point in the schedule. We'll know a lot more as we work through the next two weeks, but Still, right now, if you're an SEC fan, you got to be happy with the way that the top four, it, with the way it's shaping up. Now, one team nowhere close to the college football playoff, the South Carolina Gamecocks. And it's getting a little heated in Columbia. The pressure is on Will Muschamp. His team has already 
got their seventh loss of the season. The Gamecocks are four and seven, heading into a bye weekend this weekend. And then that number three Clemson team comes to Williams Bryce Stadium for a noon kickoff next weekend. And Clemson is likely to just embarrass the Gamecocks right there at Willie B. And if the Gamecocks go four and eight, it will be a disaster of a season. Now we knew going into this season the Gamecocks had a tough schedule. Most people said what Will Muschamp's team had in front of them was the hardest football schedule in all of football this year and and if you looked at the way the schedule set up they weren't going to win 12 games it was just too much of an ask but what i i just don't get and what i can't defend will muschamp on is he's going to finish four and eight he has had at least two games that he should have won that are going to be going down as losses this year There was no excuse to lose to Appalachian State, and there was no excuse to lose to North Carolina. Let's be honest. That game was the opening game of the season. They even had Jake Bentley play in that game, and they had that one in the bag, and they let that one slip away. Now, they did get a little bit of an upset. They got that win at Georgia. Heck, they beat Kentucky for the first time in many years, and I didn't know if they could do that heading into the season. But they had the bad loss at Missouri. They had a bad loss this last weekend at Texas A&M. They're going to get killed at home against Clemson. And it's going to be even more humiliating because Clemson is a team that not long ago, the Gamecocks had defeated five straight years. And the Gamecocks had the upper hand in the Palmetto State. And Will Muschamp, things are not going well. And I don't see them improving that great over the offseason. Now, because of the pressure, the new president at USC, his name is Robert Kaslin, and he issued a statement. This is a retired general that's now leading the University of South Carolina. And he had to put out a statement on Wednesday in which he clarified remarks from earlier in the week that suggested the Gamecocks were at least exploring whether to buy Will Muschamp's contract out. And in his latest comments, the president, Kaslin, he, he said, the Gamecocks athletic director, Ray Tanner, supported Will Muschamp, and they look forward to him being our coach next year and for seasons to come. Now, are they saying that because they really mean it, or are they giving Will Muschamp the kiss of death in that statement? On Friday of last week, Ray Tanner, who had been the Gamecock baseball coach and won back-to-back national championships before becoming the AD in Columbia, Ray Tanner offered a statement of support for Will Muschamp on Friday, saying, Today, I want to make it clear that Will Muschamp is our football coach and will be our coach going forward. Now, during an interview with the Morning News of Florence, South Carolina, Caslin suggested on Monday that Tanner had at least explored how the Gamecocks just might be able to buy out the rest of Will Muschamp's contract, which would cost close to $19 million. That's more than Willie Taggart got paid to get out of Florida State. So, yeah, and speaking of that, Caslin told the Morning News that Tanner had contacted Florida State officials after they fired football coach Willie Taggart earlier in the month as the Seminoles owed Taggart about $18 million. See, we all should have been football coaches, and we should have all been college football coaches that got fired. How would you get? How would you like to get eighteen or nineteen million dollars and not have to work for a while? Maybe ever. That's not a bad option. Yeah, maybe, and, and especially if you go four and eight 
or Willie Taggart didn't do much better at the TP in Tallahassee. Yeah, this is a little bit out of control, don't you think, with the amount of money these makes? But at least Will Muschamp, in official statements, at least has the backing of the University of South Carolina's president and athletic director. We'll find out just how meaningful that support is when the season wraps up for the Gamecocks. And most Gamecocks fans would say it's already wrapped up. Remember, they don't have a game this weekend, and then they've got Clemson coming in. And Clemson has no reason to take it easy on their arch rival. They need to pour it on and impress that committee because they don't want to get left out of the playoff. I'm telling you, if Alabama gets lucky, and as I expect them to, they're going to find the back door into the college football playoff. Somebody's going to slip up and Alabama is going to be shining and smiling bright and all their fans will be like, roll tide. Speaking of roll tide, Nick Saban announced this week that he wants the new quarterback in charge of the Crimson Tide, Mac Jones, to be the lead dog with Tua Tagvola's injury. As Coach Saban says, he continues to monitor the progress of Tua, and he's turning his attention to the next man up at that position, sophomore Mac Jones, who is a redshirt sophomore. And during his SEC teleconference on Wednesday, Coach Nick Saban said that he has emphasized to Jones that his role has changed with Tagvola out for the season following season-ending hip surgery, that he has become a leader and is in a in-command now of the Alabama football program. Jones has attempted passes in eight of Alabama's ten games this season, including in his first career start against Arkansas as Tagvola recovers from that injury. Jones completed 18 of 22 passes for 235 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions during Alabama's 48-7 win a month ago against Arkansas. Now, that was Arkansas. This weekend... And the competition actually might be better than Arkansas this weekend. The Catamounts of Western Carolina come in to take the Alabama Crimson Tide on. Alabama ranked number five and shouldn't have too big of a problem with the Southern Conference's Western Carolina Catamounts. However, let me remind everybody, at this same spot of the schedule in 2018, when Alabama at that time was considered the greatest team in college football, undefeated, sailing right to the college football playoff. A team from that same conference, the Southern Conference, they marched into Bryant-Denny Stadium without fear. And I was there in support of the Citadel Bulldogs. And yes, the Citadel lost that game that day in November 2018 to Alabama. But did you know that the Citadel and Alabama went into halftime tied at 10? And it was the hardest game Alabama had all year, at least in the first half, outside of getting pummeled by Clemson in the national championship game. But I think they only there were only two games all year. Clemson, rather, Alabama, did not go into the halftime leading. And it was the Citadel, and it was Clemson. Citadel, they had a tie. Clemson, they were trailing and then got hammered even more in the second half. To Bama's credit, they did come back with a couple of – uh, garbage touchdowns. I'm a little bitter about it, but yeah, the Citadel gave them a pretty good run, and and that was at least for a half. As I say, the Citadel should have been first half national champions against Alabama. Unfortunately for Alabama, when they played that other team from the state of South Carolina a couple games later, it was the Clemson Tigers. 
that ate Alabama's lunch. And so Clemson was your national champion. Uh, and Alabama is still upset. But hey, Clemson is a team on the rise. Alabama, your stock is, is dropping, especially with two out. And we'll just see how well Mac Jones does when he suits up for the Tide this weekend, but more importantly, next weekend at the Iron Bowl. We've got more SEC talk to get to, including the standings and what's going on this week 12, rather week 13 of SEC football. But before we do that, let's quickly hear from a couple of the coaches of the SEC as they were part of their teleconference this week at their respective schools. Georgia and Texas A&M get together in Sanford Stadium. And let's hear from the head coach of the Aggies, Jimbo Fisher, as he gets his Aggies ready for the trip to Clark County. Sometimes the fatigue early, I think there was a lot more early than you thought because you didn't see, I mean, you recognize it with youth, but they were hitting it because they, some of them got really put in tough situations where they were starters, not in games six, seven, and eight, but in games two, three, and four, and five. I mean, there was, there was I mean, it was how to prepare, how to practice, the wear and tear on you mentally, psychologically of playing at that high level and some of the teams at which we were playing early in the season, you know, that, that wear and tear, they, there was a wall there, and they, but they, kept, they just kept playing. They just kept playing. They learned through it. They fought through it. And I've gotten better. And hopefully, you know, we can get, you know, play the last two games before we hit another wall and then we can regroup for a bowl game. But, uh, you know, we got to get through these last two games with that. But I think they're learning and understanding cause and effect of how we practice, what's required, how to do it. And when you do things right, you get good results. How much fun is it for you with your offensive approach that kind of what you're doing, what's old is new again, and defenses are having trouble preparing for that? Well, I mean, it is. And it's still sound football. It still gives you chances. And you still could throw it. You can still, you know, people people don't realize you're getting split pro. That's as good a formation there is to throw the football. When you're basking, catching, you got a tight end who's versatile and two receivers. That's as good a formation there is to throw the football. People don't look at that. You can do all kind of stuff out of that. So, I mean, it all derives from that. And, it, and I think as long as you keep your roots and don't leave them too far, we can go the one back. We can go no huddle. We can do all the spread stuff. But having that as your base where you teach from gives you sometimes when you have to go back and pull it back out, it's good. A&M football coach Jimbo Fisher in his second year leading Texas A&M and his Aggies and Georgia get together this weekend. SEC East opponents Tennessee and Missouri, they get together at Faroe Field in Columbia this weekend. Both teams needing wins in their case to build a case to go to a bowl. Jeremy Pruitt was at the mic earlier this week in Knoxville. And let's hear from the coach of the Tennessee Vols as his Vols get ready to go take on those Tigers. You know, the clock's ticking, right, on 2019 team. I've said all along that this group of guys enjoy being around each other. We enjoy being around them. Um, so, you know, and, and, and we still as a team have a lot to prove, and our guys are looking forward to have the opportunity to, to try to be at our best on Saturday. Injuries, uh, you know, we're, we're probably as healthy as we've been in a long time. I feel like in the last five games we've improved in the middle eight. Uh, we it probably uh, cost us a chance to win some football games early in the in the season, uh, whether it was not capitalizing on uh, on touchdowns or or um, you know turning the football over, so um, or letting somebody score right at the end of the half. So we've tried to focus on improving there. UT head football coach Jeremy Pruitt in Knoxville this week as Tennessee on a three-game win streak, and they hope to make that four at Columbia, Missouri this weekend. 
When we come back, we'll walk through the entire lineup of this week's SEC games, and we'll also share with you the latest in the standings of the Southeastern Conference. It's all part of our SEC Spotlight of the Y'all Show. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babbel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Go Big Blue, Kentucky, back on the winning side last week with a win at Vanderbilt. And we'll tell you who Kentucky is facing this weekend in our final segment of the Y'all Show today. It's our SEC Spotlight Part 2 as we walk you through the Week 13 games. First off, to give you an idea of where the SEC teams stand right now, in the East, we know the Georgia Bulldogs will be playing in Atlanta, representing the East Division in the championship game. Georgia 6-1 and one, heading into this next-to-the-last weekend of the regular season. It will be Georgia's final conference game this weekend as they take on Texas A&M. Florida is wrapped up in SEC play. They're 6-2, and 9-2 and two overall. The Gators with a breather this weekend before they face their longtime rival, 
Florida State next weekend. Tennessee's at three and three in SEC play. The Gamecocks are three and five. That's also the mark Kentucky has at this point. Kentucky is five and five. They can get to bowl eligibility this weekend. We'll tell you about who they're playing in just a moment. Missouri is five and five. They play Tennessee. Both teams needing that win to further their case of going to a bowl. Vanderbilt is one and six in SEC play, two and eight. And earlier this week, it was announced that Derek Mason will return as Vanderbilt's head football coach. He got the endorsement of the athletic director. No coaching change along West End this year. In the SEC West, the Tigers of LSU still continue to be the best team in the SEC. They've got a 6-0 and conference mark and 10-0 and and, of course, ranked number one in all the land. The Crimson Tide are nipping on the Tigers' hill. The Tigers are 6-0. The Crimson Tide 6-1 and in SEC play and 9-1 and overall ranked fifth in the cfp rankings texas a&m is at four and two seven and three overall they got a tough road here with georgia this week and lsu next week auburn is at four and three seven and three overall msu is at two and five four and six and their magnolia state rival the mississippi land sharks are also at two and five those two teams get together on thanksgiving night in starkville mississippi is at four and seven overall and then you come to arkansas as the Hogs are 0 and 6, 2 and 8 overall, and Arkansas with an SEC game of note going on this weekend. We'll tell you about that momentarily, but that is where we stand in the standings. And the only intrigue is: is LSU going to outlast Alabama in the SEC West and go to Atlanta to take on? Georgia. Now we go to the games going on here on this 23rd day of of November. It's football Saturday in the SEC and the Crimson Tide have the Western Carolina Catamounts coming in for a game. It's set for 12 Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. This is going to be on ESPN, believe it or not, between the Catamounts and the Crimson Tide from Bryant-Denny Stadium. And then we go to the Sanford Bulldogs from that same conference Western Carolina's from, the Southern Conference. Sanford will be playing the Auburn Tigers. Auburn number 15. This game set for 12 noon Eastern, 11 Central on the SEC Network from Jordan-Hare Stadium. The Texas A&M Aggies will be at Georgia. We mentioned that. That will be your CBS special this week. 3.30 Athens time, 2.30 Central as Aggies and number four Georgia in Sanford Stadium. The SEC Network's got a kickoff at the same exact time as Kentucky hosts UT Martin as Kentucky can get bowl eligible with a win over the Skyhawks. This is a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central kick again from Kroger Field on the SEC Network. The SEC Alternate Channel's got the Vanderbilt Commodores at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Nashville time hosting the ETSU Bucks as Randy Sanders is the coach of ETSU. He was a longtime assistant in Knoxville for the Vols, went to Florida State, and in year number two at ETSU, his team goes into Vanderbilt with a win at their back as ETSU got the win over Mercer last weekend, and they've got a struggling Vanderbilt team awaiting. This is an SEC Network alternate game set for, again, 2.30 Nashville time from Vanderbilt Stadium. The Arkansas Razorbacks will be (laughs) a tough challenge awaits for them. Arkansas will be at number one LSU. It's a 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central time kick on ESPN. And then we get to our primetime lineup. Abilene Christian out of the Southland Conference will be at Davis Wade Stadium taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. This is a 
another SEC Network alternate game set for 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Stark Vegas time. Let the cowbells ring when the Bullies and Abilene Christian get together from Davis Wade. And our final SEC game features a pair of SEC East foes on the SEC Network. It's a 7.30 Eastern kick, 6.30 Central between the Tennessee Vols and the Missouri Tigers. Will the Vols or will it be Mizzou get that big win and get closer to going to a bowl? Faroe Field is where you'll find this game. Again, is your primetime game on the SEC Network. And that wraps up your lineup for Week 13. Remember, a couple teams enjoying a much-needed break. That includes the Florida Gators, the Gamecocks, and the Mississippi Landsharks are off this 13th weekend. And that will wrap up our Y'all Show here with you. Thank you so much for listening to our show as we got you all the information. Again, thanks to Meg Riley for being our special guest in the first hour, sharing some of her great info and great music with us. And we'll be right back here come Friday with a Y'all Kickoff Show. You don't want to miss it. It's the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. I'm John Rawls signing off. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions.